Good morning, church. Isn't it wonderful to be able to meet with brethren of like mind to discuss matters of Jesus and the Godhead and to worship God and fellowship one with another? Can't think of a better place to be. It's good to see you, both members and visitors alike. We'd like our visitors to know that you're an honored guest. Let's go to God in prayer, please. A gracious and merciful and kind and wonderful God in heaven, hallowed be your great and amazing name. Thank you for allowing us to serve you and to honor you and to, to praise you and to worship you. And to remember Jesus, your great son, who died on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you for salvation. This morning as we worship you, we ask that you will help us Strengthen our faith and our walk with you and help our unbelief. Keep our minds from worldly thoughts and bless us to focus only on you, your word, your will, and your way. These things we do ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, to be thy will. Amen. Continuing with spiritual alignment this morning. Getting our, our minds focused and, and fixated in the right direction. We're going to Colossians chapter 3, just as a reminder from last week. Remember, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, all of the necessi necessities of life. And we pick up in Colossians 3, and it says the same thing in verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on things that are on the earth. And I know that's a challenge for us, right? What does that, what does that mean? How do, we, how do we do that? How do we, how do we focus our mind in heaven and, and, and not, not so much about things on the earth? There's a reminder for you. You've died with, with Christ. You've died and your, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So, so God shows it. It's worth it to, to take your mind and set it on things above and not on things that are on the earth. It's worth it to every child of God. In verse 4, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And so there's this great gift of God in the end. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, whether, whether we, you know, it doesn't matter what we do in life. We're to do all to the glory of God. So as we align our lives, our thoughts, our goals, our minds, our activity, everything, just, just how can I live my life, as we said this morning in Bible class, in an acceptable way to God, bringing glory to Him? How, how can I do that? Whether then, verse 31, you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How do I... How do, I, how do I do that? First Peter, please, chapter 4. So think about your work, your workload of life. And in 1 Peter 4, in verse 7, it says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. And above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. 
as each one has received a special gift, employ it in the serving of one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so the idea is, in my service to the Lord, I'm going to Romans 11, in my service to the Lord, everything I say and and everything I do in my life, think about God and try to keep God at the forefront of all things. You know, you wake up in the morning, I just want to live for you, Jesus. Help me to live for you. Help me to do what you would do. Help me to be an example. Help me to be who you want me to be. And when I speak, allow my utterances to be to be that which is acceptable to you. Help me, Lord God, to consider you in all things. Verse 33 of Romans 11, as we consider the depth of our relationship with God, that well is very, very deep. Oh, how deep it is in our everyday walk with Jesus and service and trying to, trying to figure him out, if you will, and his will for us. Oh, the depth, verse 33, of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So we'll allow the scriptures to guide us and equip us in our walk and in our journey with the Lord. In Psalm 119 and verse 105, thy word, it is a lamp, isn't it? It's a lamp to my feet. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a, it's a light to our path. It's, it's a guide. And so we go into the word of God and we, and we allow the Lord to lead us and to direct us. Last week, we focused in our spiritual alignment on kindness. This week, I want us to add to kindness, promoting peace. What about peace? Peace in a, in a very chaotic world. What about, what about peace? Peace is something that takes some work. And I want to look at some scriptures to, that kind of shows us that it takes some work. And then it kind of gives us under, an understanding on, on how to promote peace in our lives as well as in the lives of those who come in contact with us. Romans 12 and verse 18. I just want to go right back to Romans. I love the qualifier, right? If, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. I think, I think it's clear that sometimes it, it's difficult And sometimes it's nearly impossible to be at peace with some folks. Now, I understand that. That that doesn't give us an excuse. But but I understand that that sometimes, right, God says we need to make the effort to be at peace with all men regardless. In other words, I need to do my part to make the peace, whether they want it or not. In Romans 14 and verse 19, So then let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, pursue the things that make 
for peace. So, so God says, look, I want you to open your eyes up. I want you to get to know each other. And I, want you to, I want you to understand what it's going to take to make peace with maybe your enemy or someone that it's difficult to make peace with. It's, it's trying to gain an understanding. It's, it's active listening, active participation. It's, it's putting your all into it. And then in verse 20 it says, do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. I love that, right? I mean, you know, we're going to have our own spiritual convictions. We're going to have our own personal convictions. Don't tear God's work down because of you, right? Don't, don't let me get in the way, you know. When, when me, when I get in the way, I, you know, there's all this stuff, and then we've got struggles and different. No, Tony, step away. Don't get in the way of the work of God. Don't tear down the work of God for your own sake. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. And so God is talking, look, you got to make peace. It's not about me, church, and it's not about you. It's just not about, it's about, it's about God. And so, and so part of, of seeking peace and Let's go to Psalm uh, 34 and pursuing after peace. It's, it's being willing to humble ourselves and allow, allow, allow the thought and the idea that it doesn't have to always go my way. Is that all right? It, do, it doesn't have to always go my way, church. But it always has to go God's way. Seek, seek the other person. Right? Psalm 34 and verse 13 Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and and pursue it. So I'm looking for peace. Right? I'm not looking to, to, to make sure it goes my way. I'm, I'm looking for peace. And I'm pursuing after, I'm in pursuit after that which makes for peace. That's what God wants us to do. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. And so maybe we ought to pray about that. Maybe we ought to ask God, Lord God, how can I find peace in this situation? And what can I do to make peace in my current situation or my environment in which I'm living in. What can I do, Lord? Galatians chapter 6. And peace is one of those things, you know, when you think about uh, your relationship with the world, you know, they're not too excited about giving up what they want. Maybe I ought to relinquish some things that I've held high and dear in my life if it makes for peace. Galatians 6 and verse 10. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to the brethren, right? To those who are of the household of faith. There's that especially in the church, right? To be like Jesus. If every member of the body of Christ, if we're all striving to be like Jesus, we should all be peaceful people. 
Isaiah 9. Isaiah chapter 9. When, um, when the saints aren't striving to be peaceful people or are insistent on having their way and, and just disgruntled and we're just looking at what the Bible calls us today's Israel, right? All Israel did was grumble and complain and they, you know, they, good thing God is God because, you know, if he wasn't, I don't know there'd be anyone living on the earth today. I mean, people just grumble and grumble. No one's ever satisfied. We are never thankful to God. and We always can have, we want more and we want this and we want that and we want. What about bringing peace to God in our relationship? Be like Jesus. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Be like Jesus. Colossians chapter 1. And you, and you examine the life of Jesus, and you observe the life of Jesus, and you notice that Jesus was all about peace. He's the source of peace. He, he fixed what, what we could not fix. He's everything. In verse 19 of Colossians chapter 1, what was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him? And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So it was through his blood, as, as God is reconciling the world through Jesus, it's through the blood that Jesus made peace. Jesus brought peace. Jesus is peace. Through the blood of his cross, through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless beyond reproach. Wait, is verse 21 about me? Although you were formerly alienated? from God, hostile towards God, engaging in evil. Yeah, that which we could not do for ourselves, Jesus did for us. He made peace. In verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. I was a part of that mission, Paul says. Wow. Paul was an enemy of God. Persecuted the church to no end. Calls himself the chief of sinners. And then he says, but God made peace when I could not. Be like, like Jesus. Be at peace. How, how is, your, is your heart today? Romans chapter 5, please. How is your mind today? 
Are you at peace? And, and if not, are you pursuing the things that make for peace? Are you seeking after peace? And that might mean I might have to give some things up. Life isn't always going to go my way to be at peace with God. In the relationship with our Lord, as God has reconciled us, we must remember where we were, be thankful for where we are, and be excited about where God's taking us. Right? It's just a wonderful life in, in our relationship with the Lord. Right? And in verse 6 of Romans chapter 5, for while we were still helpless, it, it doesn't say we had it together. While we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the godly and righteous man, the perfect and the rich and the wealthy and those who are in America and Americans. And that's not what it says, is it? No, he died for us. And, and, and when he describes who he died for, he died for the ungodly. That's us. The woman hardly died for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us while we were in this helpless state, while we were sinners, while we were all messed up, which we might say we still are a little bit. Christ died for us. Aren't you glad that God didn't wait until you got it right? Because think about what that would look like. None of us would probably make it to heaven. He didn't wait until we got it right. He didn't wait until there was peace surrounding us. He died when we had no strength. He died when we were sinners. And in verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from, wow, the wrath of God through him. Do you realize where, I mean, look at what God has brought to us. We've been saved from the wrath of, not anger of God, the wrath of God through the blood of Jesus Christ and that blood of Jesus made peace. Don't you want to be like God? Bring peace into your life and into the lives of others. For if while we were yet enemies, verse 10, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by our own goodness and perfection. And it's not what it says. By his life. And not only this, but we exalt, also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So God is reconciling the world to himself. He's, he's bringing us, if you will, uh, this, this perfect uh, person that is imperfect and has struggles and difficulties. He's reconciling me. He's putting me together. He's making peace with his rebellious creation. That's what God is doing. And that's what God has done. And in verse 8 it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I think about Jesus on the cross and I realize that, that you and I, that every child of God, every, every 
God had our names right, written on his heart. You know? For God so loved the world. And, and the guy that drove the nails into his hands, Jesus Christ was dying, making peace with the man driving the nails to his wrist, to his feet, making peace with, with Pilate, making peace with all the Jews who continue to shout, crucify, crucify him, making peace with those who, who didn't believe and those who refused to believe and those who were rebellious against him. God was reconciling the world to himself through Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. To be like Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, please. The Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is speaking to the people, to the masses, to the multitude. And he begins to, to bring this great lesson to them, to help them to mature in their walk of faith. And he, and he says this, he makes this profound statement in verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's what God's people do. We make peace. We say, I'm sorry. We admit, we confess, we strive to be the image of Jesus. We strive to be different. We are the sons of God. Am I a peacemaker or a troublemaker? Verse 43. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Do I have to read the next verse? Yeah, I think we do. But God says to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's when love counts. I can't wait to get to my sermon on that one. That's when love counts. It's easy to love people that love you. It's easy to be at peace with someone who's make, who's a peacemaker. It's easy to be with someone or, or be at peace with someone who's always seeking after peace or pursuing peace. But what about your enemy? And then am I that enemy? Am I the enemy toward the other person? Told the other brother, am I the one? Seek peace and pursue it. A man that's a peacemaker will be called a son of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, as we walk this walk of faith and strive to do the will of God, I want you to think about, just think about what the Bible is, is, is saying to us and how God is instructing us. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. Get the love how the Bible just concludes this, this message out to this church, right? The church of Corinth. They were in trouble. 
They, they had some struggles and, and they had some issues and, and, and they, were, they were being uh, exhorted to examine themselves and, hey, you know what? If you're going to walk with Jesus, then you need to walk with Jesus. And there were some challenges. And he closes out in verse 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. You see that blessing? Live in peace. And the God of peace and love will be with you. Live in peace. And the God of, you know, what if it said, live in peace so that the God of peace and love can, in other words, live in peace. And the God of peace and love will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. A church full of peace. And, and where are they? In a place of chaos. <laughs> Corinth. Wow. Under the jurisdiction of Rome. A place of just complete chaos. And he says, live in peace. Live in peace with your neighbors. Live in peace with your co-workers. Live in peace with your wife. Live in peace with your husband. Live in peace with the church. Church members live in peace with each other. Live, live, in, live a life of peace. As we talk about and think about our spiritual alignment, show kindness. Live a life of peace. And then in James chapter 3, and you know peace, by the way, is a fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? In James 3, the comparison of wisdom from above and wisdom from below, we pick up in verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed sown whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This morning, the question is, is there someone that you need to go make peace with? If there is, now is the acceptable time. Today is the acceptable day. Go make peace. This morning, how's your peace with God? This morning, if you have not surrendered to God in the waters of baptism, you can be at peace with God by surrendering to Him. If we can pray with you or pray for you, if there's anything we can do, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?